Today, we're going to be talking about intuitive animal healing and animal communication. I am so excited for this show, everyone. I'm Lynn with Petite the Queen, and you are at the Clean Your Career Crown podcast. Today, I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda. Hey, everyone. And our wonderful guest, Leslie Nace. Hi there. All right. For everyone out there, I want you to hear some great stuff about Leslie. She is known for her intuitive animal communication and healing work. She creates a compassionate and loving space with people, animals, and nature by connecting with source energy to help them find their own inner knowing and power to heal themselves. So Leslie has served on the board of Second Chance Animal Center, where she's done sessions for unusual cases, specializing in raising motherless kittens and caring for mothers with kittens, which is amazing, Leslie. She's also helped raise funds for the Humane Society. Leslie is also, oh my gosh, an author of the children's book, Who Paints the World? A collaboration with her daughter, Rebecca Nace Croman, a metal sculptor, watercolor painter, and chalkboard artist. Okay, so this is just so amazing. And for over 30 years, Leslie has helped countless cats, dogs, horses, and other animals, along with the people, their people, all over the world, to access their own innate energy for healing, to restore and find balance physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So uh, Leslie, by the way, is the creator of Intuitive Animal Healing. And Leslie, we are so thrilled to have you here with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Lynn. I really appreciate you having me as a guest, you and Amanda both on this show. And, and it's just a pleasure to have the opportunity to talk to you all. Well, we're excited to dive into the conversation, but just before we get started, I'd like to invite everyone who's joining us today or for the first time to make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, we would certainly love and appreciate it if you would leave us a review. All right. So let's talk about your journey to becoming a shamanic healing practitioner for, and I think I said that wrong, <laughs> healing practitioner for animals. So let's get there, Leslie. Okay. So um, I think you were looking for shamanic. There um, we go. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not a common word or a phrase that most people hear. And so I usually end up starting off with letting people know what shamanic healing is and it is it's indigenous peoples all over the world have shamans they are the dreamers the healers of their tribes just like medicine men or women you know it's very similar in that and so um I was very much drawn to um, shamanism. It just felt right when I met uh, two people who were teaching a course, Seeing with the Heart, and I had introduced to it. And all along the way, in, in my world, it's like... Um, it's like the gates open up and, uh, you know, there's a stone that says step here and another one that lights up and says over there now here. And, you know, that's kind of how I got into it. But even as a, a young child, I realized that I had um, 
a connection with animals. And the first was this little bedraggled kitten that my brother brought home who just attached herself to me and I to her. And she was really one of my first teachers. And so falling in love with her and helping her through many kittens that she had along the way. Um, but I also had dogs and I worked with horses as child and moving up as well. Um, so that was kind of the love of it. And being able to hold a loving, compassionate space to do healing work whether it's for animals or whether it's for people, it's just such a blessing for me. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really fascinating. I love that you work with animals. I've always loved animals, and um, in our family, uh, Lynn and I were within the same family, of course. But uh, we've all been cat lovers my entire life, so um, I think it's really special. Can you describe what intuitive animal healing is and how it works? Sure. Um, and I love that you kind of asked that question because we all have um, intuition. You know, when you live with a cat, a dog, a horse, or any other pet, there are times that it just, you know, it's like you're sitting there going, something's not quite right. And you may look up and you may see that animal looking back at you. Part of that feeling, that intuitive knowing is that your animal needed something. That's that's the natural part of it for, for most people. But in intuitive animal healing, it goes deeper. I work in um, quantum energy fields and in the shamanic fields, it's, it's like the unseen worlds in some way. So energy healing is work that I do. But in my intuition, my gut and my heart, is what really leads me and that I open up to in order to see the whole animal or the whole person. And it's not about me uh, healing anyone. It's about offering that energy to whomever, cat, dog, horse, person, so that they can then take it in and find healing within themselves. Yeah, that's amazing. Um how much practice did this take? Like, how, how long did it take for you to, to develop this skill? I think by the time that I started on the, the shamanic path, I had already been working with energy. Um, and it was that, that the first thing was like pranic, prana energy, um, which is a Western um, term at, or Eastern term. And it just feeling energies around, you know, most people talk about auras and being able to see and feel that kind of thing. So it always intrigued me as to how it was by the time I got to the shamanic that it was like, oh my gosh, this everything in nature and everything I'm learning all fit together. It all wove and it was all part of what I already understood. It gave me the confidence and the courage to really start doing healing for people holding that space again. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, I kind of felt like I lost track of there, but I get so expanded and so excited talking about this work. And I know you asked me about the practice. So it's something to me is, and this is what I teach people as well, is, is that the practice is daily. It is the morning meditation that I do. And even before that, it's part of the, the wake up, planning my day and thinking about that. But the meditation space that I hold, and every time I set up a healing space for 
a person or an animal that I'm working with. Uh, it's even at nighttime when I do a meditation. It's when I'm sitting out on my deck and I'm thinking of sending love out, not only to all of those that I love within my home, my land, my community, and my world. It is that's all part of the healing. That's part of it. So it's to me, it's more of a way of life. And for others, it's teaching them how they can use those daily skills within their life. Maybe not to the extent that I do, but you can use skills yeah. and abilities to connect and communicate. Yeah, yeah beautiful. absolutely. Um, so how does your how does your healing fit in with an animal's overall care plan? How does healing fit in with the animal's overall care plan? Um, you know, it that varies from person to person depending on. Um, the, this week, I had a, a little dog who um, they can't figure out what's going on with her. And the vet couldn't. And the homeowner is like, I, I what do I do? I'm, you know, she's and that she's a client, longtime client. She called me up and can you find something that they're missing? And most of what I said already verified what their vet had seen, but their vet also asked for another, um, another opinion. And there were certain things that came up when I was working with that little dog that I said, you know, have you tried this? You know, this is an alternative therapy. And she went, oh my gosh, my pet sitter just told me someone who does that. And I said, there's your answer. You need to move forward in that. So it, it is giving people the, um, the skills and the abilities, you know, it's um, also I would say for that little pet, uh, massage was appropriate. Sometimes it's changing your food. Sometimes it's changing. The, sometimes it's to the person changing their energy. If they're upset, if they're stressed out, your pet's taking that on. You know, and sometimes you need to make changes within yourself and then you see it change and ripple out to your pet as well. Yeah. Yeah, that that's so true. Um, they seem to know when you need to be comforted and um, like likewise. Right. So I just have to ask, being the devil's advocate here, how do you respond to people who call what you do woo woo or other such terms? You know, I think um, I love that question, I must say, you know, uh, it's sometimes that catch all phrase of woo woo. Is that a catch all that's been used for so many years? But I know that in my studies, I don't just stop at the the shamanic, the unseen world. So, uh, quantum energy field. And I am so thrilled about quantum mechanics and how it works because that's a science that people understand. And they understand how brain and heart coherence works. And there's another institute, the Heart Math Institute, that talks about your heart and talks about how that works. And there's measurements for that. And there's measurements for meditation and healing work and your attitude and your mindset. They're all out there. We're just now many people discovering that it's there and it's something that they can tap in and use. 
and that they can gain their own health and well-being plus that of the pet that they share their life with or the people they share their lives with. So thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have been and you still are involved with several organizations that aim to help animals. Can you tell us more about your work with these groups and who they help? Um, well, you mentioned Second Chance Animal Center, which was uh, in the southern part of the state where I live, and I since have moved away. But that was um, that was a, a blessing, and it was great because at the time I was invited to join the board was also a time that the shelter itself was having a lot of illness. They didn't have a great air filter system. And so in, it was an older building running down and they've since moved into a, a better facility um, built by donations. But mother cats and kittens, when they came up, would, would get sick real quick and they were, were losing both. Um, through one of the other people on the board who's such a cat lover that she had started feral colonies all over, she asked um, if I would help out with that. So I fostered it first and I had great success. And again, they were my greatest teachers because there were some times, and I say greatest teachers, the one time that I had these motherless kittens that were thriving and doing beautiful and all of a sudden they weren't, they started one by one passing away on me. And it was hard and it was emotional and it was right during my shamanic studies. And I asked my um, teacher, I was like, why is this happening? Why are these little ones coming to me and, and dying? And he said, why wouldn't they come to you and die? You hold that loving, compassionate space. And for their time on this earth plane, you are giving them all the love and comfort that they need. And perhaps that's really why they came to you. And at that, it was like it switched everything for me to really go, oh, okay, I got it. It's not about me at all. It's really about them. So I ended up with what we laughingly called the cat house because I, by donations, it was a shed that had oh, three small cages and two large cages on either side. And so I could hold mothers and, and um, kittens in there or motherless kittens. Usually the motherless kittens came close, but we did a lot of work on that and until the shelter became a healthy place. But there were also times that the shelter director would call me and say, you know, I have this pet or this dog, this cat who just came in. They're not doing well. Can you do a reading and find out what's going on, what's happening with them? And sometimes it would be the overwhelming sadness of coming into the shelter. Yes. Maybe they lost their person um, and they needed to adjust and be ready for the next one. Maybe they just weren't healthy enough and needed something else. And sometimes maybe they just needed somebody to listen and understand, which um, isn't exactly do I hear voices? I hear phrases, but I see pictures and I feel within my own body um, what's going on with an animal. So those are some of the ways that the tools that I have in which I use. 
But the joy of working with animals is just, um, it's never ending. You know, it's, it, it just opens you up so that knowing that you made a difference in the world. And this is one of my ways in which I make the difference in the world. So I, I love continuing with that on, on a couple of different levels. Wow. I mean, Leslie, that's just so wonderful. And I know that uh, just for everybody out there listening, Leslie's given me some really great advice for me about uh, my cat, Tarky. So um, I would like you, Leslie, to share with our audience and our listeners um, some final thoughts or advice you have on improving their connections with their pets. Wow. One of the best things I could do is invite you all to come see my website, actually, Intuitive Animal Healing. It's a .net. There you're going to find a free uh, download. It's a meditation called Heart to Heart Meditation. And in this meditation, it's a, it's a guided meditation that I take you through on how to relax your body, how to get centered within your own heart, and then how to connect your heart to your pet's heart. And I always say one at a time, because if people have more than one pet, they get overwhelmed because all their pets are like, oh, I'm coming. And no, <laughs> you can set your boundaries and one at one time. It is such a, not only are you opening your heart in a different way, but you're connecting to the heart of your pet. And that flow of energy starts to move. And if you start to listen, you can get a message back from your pet and you can send a message to your pet. That's like the beginning of animal communication. There's much more to it, but I love that gift because people are um, excited about some way to connect that they've never connected before. So it's the heart to heart meditation on my website. Oh, Leslie, thank you. That's amazing. I am going to try that tonight with my Tarky. So, um, and I really appreciate everything that you've shared today um, to help animals through um, the shamanic healing practices and animal communication. I think I got it right that time. <laughs> uh, this has really been a fabulous, uh, just heartwarming discussion. And for all of our audience, if you have ideas on how you how you would like to connect with us or ideas you'd like to share. Uh, you can leave us a comment down below. Uh, we love hearing from you and hearing your thoughts. And you can also email us at join the conversation at the If you have some suggestions or topics you'd like to have us discuss. And of course, to stay current, on all of our insightful advice, the breakthrough advantages, the amazing podcasts like the one today, uh, please uh, sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at teetequeen.com and you will never miss a thing. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Leslie, oh, thank you so much for your wisdom. Amanda, thank you. Um, this has been wonderful. It's been my honor and pleasure. Thank you both. <laughs>